Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. You know, as we remember what happened in 9-11 20 years ago, it, it seemed like the, the sky was falling and that the world was in a crazy place. And then you'd figure, well, 20 years later, I'm sure things would be a lot better. But if you look around right now, it seems like the sky is still falling. We're remembering the 20-year memorial of 9-11. We look at the, the economy and the situation that's going on there, the, the spike that we're having in COVID and all the political division and unrest. We look at Afghanistan and masks and vaccines and government overreach and abortion and drought and wildfires and boys choosing to be girls regardless of you know science that the biblical morals of this country that were founded on 200 and something years ago were vanishing today and those that still believe in biblical moral values are being called hateful ignorant bigots and you kind of wonder is like when do we get to freak out like when is it okay to like freak out like i feel like we should be like chicken little and just like start screaming that the sky is falling but if you think about even the story of Chicken Little and the whole thing about the sky falling, it actually wasn't falling. He was just screaming because he was afraid, but then his fear made everybody else afraid. And when he was screaming that the sky was falling, even though it wasn't, everybody else began running around and causing all this chaos and crashing into each other just because one person gave in to fear and said that the sky was falling. So sometimes we that are the body of Christ need to remember what our strength is, what our strong tower is, what our foundation is so that we don't freak out and scream that the sky is falling and make everybody else's world go into a tailspin, but that we look at the word of God and we look at the word of God as our foundation. And I can even show you in the word of God, and I'm gonna read this story here in a moment, where the sky was falling for the church. Like if you look at the early church in Acts chapter 12, this was a season of church growth this is a season when God was pouring out his spirit on both Jews and Gentiles, and the church was growing exponentially. But there was great persecution against the church, and the sky was falling. Acts chapter 12 and verse 1. At that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church, and he had the apostle James killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, then he arrested Peter. This took place during Passover. He imprisoned Peter, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers, 16 soldiers watching one man. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after Passover. While Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Let's just hold off right there for a second. The sky is falling for the early church. In a previous Passover, Jesus had been arrested, beaten, and also murdered. I mean, thank God he raised from the dead. But then he ascended into heaven and he left the, the church alone to grow. And then it was growing by the thousands. In Acts chapter 10, Gentiles are even putting their faith in Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in other tongues. And there's great persecution against all Jesus' people. So we look at our lives today and we're like, man, the sky is falling. Yeah, it's been falling for 2,000 years. And somehow things are gonna be okay. Even when the lead pastor of the church, when James had his head cut off. Somehow the church continued on. So the Romans hated the, the Jesus movement. The Jews hated the Jesus movement. See, James was, the, one of, remember the sons of thunder, brother with John. James was also a part of Jesus' inner circle. Every time that Jesus would get away 
and he'd take just Peter, James, and John. They were just the three that would be with Jesus on these most powerful and, and instrumental moments in the history of the gospel. And when Herod killed James, the crowd went wild. See, the world loves when the sky is falling. The world thrives when, and if the sky is not falling, they'll say the sky is falling just to get the sky to fall on some people. So Herod loved the crowd's reaction to James's murder. So then he arrests Peter, another one of the lead pastors of the church. And based on what he had done to Jesus and based on what he had done to James, the people just assumes that Peter will be next to be beheaded. So look what the church's response was. They run away, they hide in their homes and watch Netflix and just skip church altogether. No. They didn't run away from each other, they ran to one another. They said, oh, the sky is falling? You know what we need right now? A prayer meeting. Let's all get together and pray that Peter would be released from prison. James had just had his head chopped off, but they were like, no, but this time we're praying for Peter to get released. So sometimes pe people are like, well, I don't know if I can pray for this cancer to be healed. I don't know if I can pray for this job to come through. I don't know if I can pray for this relationship to be healed because the last time I prayed, it didn't happen. Well, they prayed for Peter's release in spite of what happened to James. Let's finish the story or move on in the story. In verse six, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel of the Lord struck him on the side and said, Pete, get up. The chains fell off his wrists. The angel told him, dude, get dressed, put on your sandals. So he did, put your coat on and follow me. When the sky is falling, I love that it's angels that show up and minister to us. I love angels. Sometimes people, during worship, they, they watch me instead of watch Jesus. That's a terrible thing to do, by the way. That's bad culture. But they might be like, ooh, Pastor Brad had visits from four different prophetic people today. I wonder what's going on. All four said, I see angels ministering in this house during worship today. I love angels. Now, I will say this. We don't worship angels because that's stupid, but it would also be stupid to ignore them. Yeah. See, angels' job is to minister to us. They are servants of the church. We outrank angels. So we don't pray to angels, but we pray to the Lord to send angels to minister on our behalf. And that's exactly what happened. The church was praying, so an angel showed up to walk Peter out of prison. The funny thing is he didn't know he was happening. He thought he was having a dream. Read it in verse nine. Peter left the cell. He followed the angel. But the whole time he thought he was seeing a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed through the first and second guard posts. They came to the iron gate that led to the city. The gate opened all by itself. You know how gates do. <laughs> oh, pastor, I don't understand. I got this pink notice from my job. I got this diagnosis of cancer from my doctor. I got this thing from the IRS. I've got this, we got, wait, you know, president this and vaccine that. And I, I don't know, it's just in the natural, I've got this terrible situation. Have you prayed about it? Because maybe an angel's just gonna move that natural thing right out of the way. Verse 11. Peter came to his senses. He said, oh my gosh, this is true. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. Cut my head off. When he realized this, he ran away and went home and watched Netflix. <laughs> oh no, he went to church. 
He went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where everyone was gathered in prayer in a U group. Why are you skipping U group? You know better than Peter? I don't think so. He knocked at the door. A servant girl named Rhoda. You gotta be over 45 to get that joke. A servant girl named Rhoda came. There was a TV show in the 70s called Rhoda, and we got to watch it on reruns. You gotta be Rick to understand if it was on live. So... <laughs> It's just because he amened me, so. We all know Rick was too high to watch Rhoda back then. I never saw it. I never saw it. Like, I had a J-O-B and seven kids. I didn't have time to watch television. When Rhoda realized Peter's voice, she was so excited that she ran away and didn't open the door. She went back inside and said, y'all, Peter is standing at the door. And the church said, girl, you are out of your mind. It must be his angel. Interesting that their first response was that an angel of Peter was coming to stand at the door and knock on it physically. When we don't even believe in angels anymore. The early church knew something that we don't know. Maybe it'd be good to go back to the beginning. But anyway, verse 16. Peter continued knocking on the door. Finally, the door opened. They saw him and they were amazed. They were amazed at what? That God answered the very thing that they were asking him to do? They assumed that it was impossible for God to do the thing that they were praying for him to do. That can't be Peter, because I'm praying for Peter to get released. <laughs> Meaning, that can't be Peter knocking at the door, because I had a plan in my mind, and I was praying that God would do what I wanted God to do, not that God would do what he wanted to do. Sometimes I feel like we pray prayers, and the Lord's like... I'm going to answer the heart of what you prayed, but not the stupid way you prayed it. I'm going to give you four points plus a bonus one on what to do when the sky is falling. Number one, run to Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. All other ground is sinking sand. When the sky is falling, put your eyes on Jesus. Put your face in the Bible. Put a strong foundation under your feet. Don't look at the trouble around you. Look at Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. Don't look at the trouble that you see right now. Fix your gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things that we now see will soon be gone. Somebody say, will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see, the kingdom things, will last forever. I'm going to give you a prophetic declaration right now. It's going to change your life. The troubles that we're facing today are temporary. Come on. Mike, drop. I would drop this headset, but it's too expensive. <laughs> the troubles that we face today are temporary. It's the soon going to be over kind of trouble. Yeah, but have you looked at my social media? I'm all worked up about this thing. Yeah, focus on Jesus. Yeah, but have you looked at what I watch on the news all day? I'm really worked up about this thing. Why don't you spend some of that energy working on Jesus? Fixing your eyes on Jesus. You're really focusing on something that is temporary. Why don't you focus on something that is eternal in the unseen? Focus on Jesus because this too will pass. The early church in the book of Acts, chapter 12, this terrible season when they're arresting the pastor of the church and cutting heads off. Somehow, 
That season passed and the body of Christ moved on. Sometime later, a couple hundred years later, the Roman Empire is literally arresting Christians, taking them to the Colosseum in Rome and feeding them to lions as a sport for the crowd to cheer on. You might think, man, that was probably the end of the church, especially in Rome. No, somehow the body of Christ in Rome survived, moved on, and 80 years after the last Christian was eaten by a lion, Christianity became the state religion of the Roman Empire. In one generation, things went from the worst to amazing. Fast forward a thousand years. The, the body of Christ in Europe was facing famine and great persecution. So some brave men and women got in little tiny boats and wed, headed west to find a new world where they could establish a Christian nation so that we could make it an unchristian nation in just 300 years. 150 years ago, the sky was falling in America. We fought a civil war. And we killed one million of our fellow citizens. That's sky falling. But somehow our nation healed, our hearts, our wounds healed. And God sent a mighty revival in the late 1800s right after the end of the Civil War. And tens of thousands of people were born again in this country. And then at the turn of the century, in the 1900s, from you know, 1901, 1905, God poured out his Holy Spirit in California and a little African-American church where people began to pray in other tongues and operate in the power of God for the first time in hundreds of years. And today, those that believe in the ancient Judeo-Christian paths, we're the ones who are now being persecuted and slandered for simply believing the Bible is true. So what do we do? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You're going, to be, you're going to be okay, baby girl. You're going to be fine. Just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Yeah, the sky might be falling, but I feel like REM. Over, I'm over here like, it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine because my faith was not in this world to begin with. My faith is in a world that's unseen, but that is yet to come. I'm going to be okay. So what do you do when the, when the sky is falling? You fix your eyes on Jesus and pray that God sends another great awakening to our country, that God sends revival and that hundreds of thousands of people are born again and let it start in the mid-cities of DFW. So I don't, it's also my personality, like I'm kind of up for a fight from time to time. I don't mind persecution. Peter didn't mind persecution. Think about it. Peter, as a disciple of Jesus, was in the crowd on the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 5. And Jesus told everybody, hey, hey, everybody, big crowd of thousands of people, if you continue to follow me, you're going to be persecuted. And one day it's going to seem like the sky is going to fall on you. Peter was there when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing what is right, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. God blesses you when people mock you and they persecute you and they lie about you. And they say all sorts of evil things about you simply because you're a Jesus follower. Jesus' response is like, hey dude, when the sky is falling in verse 12, be happy about it. In fact, be very glad. Why? Because a great reward awaits for you in heaven. Remember, the same thing happened to the ancient prophets. They were persecuted in the same way. Peter wasn't shocked when James was beheaded. He wasn't shocked when he was arrested and strung up between 16 soldiers. Peter wasn't freaking out. 
when they mocked him for believing in Jesus. Jesus is like, he warned me. So my response is to be happy. My response is to just celebrate. Peter kept his eyes fixed on Jesus. And what did the church do? They prayed. Too often, we have big problems and a little Jesus because we focus on the problem and not on Jesus. We need to shift our focus to Jesus, which makes the problems get a lot smaller. Number two, what do you do when the sky is falling? Run to church. Run to the church family. Don't run home. Don't run to Netflix. Don't run to skipping church. That's what... The church did. When Peter was arrested and James had just been beheaded, they were like, dude, we need one another right now. So choose your church wisely. Choose your friends wisely. I know we have a lot of visiting people and a lot of people that watch online and they kind of want to peek in the window of what Uncommon Church is all about. Choose your church wisely because not every church is the kind of church that you need to be around when the sky is falling. Paul was an apostle to many different churches, but to Timothy, who was pastoring a church, he said, hey, Tim, in the last days, it's going to be very difficult. The sky is going to fall. People are going to only love themselves. They're going to love their money. They're going to be boastful and proud. They're going to scoff at God. They're going to be disobedient to their parents. They're going to be ungrateful, and they will consider nothing sacred. Before we go on to verse three, can I read verse two again for the teenagers that didn't like that verse? Mom and dad, go ahead and give your teenager a little, little one of these. In the last days, people are only gonna love themselves. They're only gonna love their money. They're only gonna love their shoes. They're only gonna love their phone. They're gonna be boastful and proud. They're gonna scoff at God. They're gonna be disobedient to their parents. Teenagers, how you honor and obey your parents matters to God. Send the amen from the dads. <laughs> Y'all could have been a little more chill about that. They'll be ungrateful. Your parents put a roof over your head and clothes on your back and food in your belly. A really honest thank you once in a while will go a long way. All right, let's move on to verse three. Let's move on to verse three. Let's move on to, there it is. They will be unloving. They will be unforgiving. They will slander others. They will have no self-control. They will be cruel to unborn babies. They will hate what is good. I'm so proud of our state and of Governor Abbott. Golly. You know, I'm a dad of three kids and I was there when we could first hear the heartbeat and I was there when you'd first start seeing little elbows and knees and feet start pushing on mama's belly. You're telling me that's not a child just because it's on the other side of an inch of skin? You're saying it's okay to murder that baby but not okay to murder this small child? Like, golly, I'm so proud of our state. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless. They'll be puffed up with pride. They're gonna love pleasure rather than God, they will, here's, here's why it matters what church you pick. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. See, not everybody that acts religious is a real one. In the flock, you have sheep and goats. 
I'd surround yourself with sheep. In the harvest, there's wheat and chaff. I'd embrace those carbs. There's people that act religious. Embrace all the carbs, not just the wheat. Just if it's a carb, embrace it like me. Some of you are like, Pastor Brad lost a lot of weight last year. <laughs> Looks like he found it this year. <laughs> You're not wrong. I was trying to bulk up for going to Greece. So. <laughs> Storing up in heaven and on earth and in my belly. But when bread is as good as it is, how can you not? You know what I'm saying? Amen. There are those that act religious. There's those that look religious, but they deny the power of the Holy Spirit. So what Paul's saying is, y'all need to trust me. I have been beaten. I have been arrested. I, I, I'm on, in, in jail right now. I understand what severe persecution of the church looks like. And you need to be a part of a healthy church. Paul does give a nice little word of encouragement. If you skip down to verse 12, he said, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. He's so smooth, he bots the ball. He's like, you want to live a godly life? You want to believe the Bible is true? You want to believe in the absolute truth? Yeah, you're going to get persecuted. They killed Jesus, they ain't going to like you very much either. But then he finishes the chapter. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to go back and study this chapter. He says, I want you to be faithful to the word of God that was planted in your heart as a child. So back to the teenagers. It's important that you study your Bible too. All right, let's move on to number three. Number one, what do we do when the sky is falling? We run to Jesus. We fix our eyes on Jesus. Number two, we run to the church because we need to be surrounded by the church family. Number three, be encouraged. Have courage put in you. Fear is a spirit. Do not give in to the spirit of fear. Courage is faith that God is in control no matter what's going on around you. So have courage. Don't shrink back. Be bold in your testimony. Live your faith out loud, not in silence. Be humble and compassionate, though. Don't be a jerk about it. A few weeks ago, I was preaching, and I mentioned about the, the Taliban, and then it, it, it obviously overnight becoming illegal to be a follower of Jesus, and the Taliban was actually hunting Christians. And um, you guys raised $12,000 to help get some um, uh, pastors out of Afghanistan, and we know at least of one family that um, is in Amsterdam safely now because of your giving, and I'm so grateful. Um, yeah, go ahead. When Christianity becomes illegal in America, doesn't that sound kind of weird to hear? When? There's a pastor who was just sentenced to four years in prison in Canada for holding a church service when the government said you couldn't hold a church service. And he's like, no, we're gonna hold a church service. He was just sentenced to four years in prison. So let me say this again. When Christianity becomes illegal in America, will there be any evidence against you if you're arrested? Well, this is old Billy Bob. He used to go to Uncommon Church. <laughs> Uncommon Church is still gonna be going on, by the way. <laughs> I'll be the first one to get arrested. I don't have any kids at home anymore, so... I know, but she'll be in jail too. If you're, right? If you're charged in court for being a believer, would there be any evidence? Would there be a mountain of evidence that you're a Jesus lover? Be encouraged. We're not alone. 
we have one another. But we also, we're not alone because we have the Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 13 says, I'm never gonna fail you because I'm never gonna abandon you. So that pastor who's in jail right now up in Canada, he's not alone. Holy Spirit is like, dude, I'm right here with you and I'm so proud of you. Let's lead this whole jail to me. Why? Verse six. So we can say with confidence that the Lord is my helper and I will have no fear. Say, I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? What are they, what's the world gonna do? They're gonna call me names? They're gonna say that I'm an ignorant bigot? Oh no, you called me names. They're gonna arrest me? And throw me in jail? Great, I'll lead people to Jesus in jail. They're gonna kill me for believing in Jesus? Great, I get to go to heaven and be with Jesus. For me, it's a win-win. You can't kill somebody that's already dead to sin and alive to Christ. Like, what are you gonna do to me? Oh no, the sky is falling. No, it's not. My sky is not falling. I'm encouraged. Let's wrap this up. Number four. What do you do when the sky is falling? Just open a gate and walk into the supernatural. You might be like, hmm, praise the Lord. What does that mean? You ever be in church and people are like, oh, that's so good. I have no idea what it means. Number four, what do you do when the sky is falling? Open a gate into the supernatural. Genesis chapter 28. Jacob's just walking along, left Beersheba, went towards Haran. He came to a certain place, just any old place, just whenever he got tired, whenever the sun was going down. He took a stone, he put it under his head, he went to sleep. That's a tough dude, by the way. If my pillow isn't just right, I will burn it and get a new one. But Jacob's all like, ah, just give me that stone. Verse 12, he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth and on top of it reaching up into heaven. Behold, there were angels of God who were ascending and descending on it. The Lord spoke to Jacob, but then skip down to verse 16. Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't even know it. He was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the very house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This wasn't the house of God. It was simply wherever Jacob laid down to sleep. Wherever you go becomes the house of God because of God living on the inside of you. And wherever you go becomes the gate of heaven. What is a gate? A gate is how you go from one dimension into another dimension. I'm in my backyard. I go through my gate into the dimension of the alley. But I left my domain and I entered the city of Bedford's domain. Maybe you're in Washington, D.C., and you're visiting a, an embassy of another nation, and there's going to be a gate, and you walk up to the gate, and you go from America to the sovereign land of another place simply because you went through a gate. Stepping through a gate will step you into another dominion. And Jacob said, wherever I lay my head, I am standing at the gate of heaven. I don't have to wait to get to heaven. Heaven comes down on top of me wherever I lay my head, wherever I am. I, I, heaven comes wherever I am. I step from one dominion into another. If I need a little bit more heaven into work, I'm gonna open the gate and bring heaven down. If I need a little bit more heaven in my marriage and my kids and my finances and my body and my mind, I'm just gonna open the gate and bring heaven down. Did you notice the angels ascending and descending on the ladder? That's their job. They're gonna take sickness and fear and addiction and pain and they're gonna walk up the ladder and get rid of it in heaven and they're gonna bring down from heaven blessing and healing and peace and grace and freedom and joy. 
What do you do when the sky is falling? Just open the gate and let the heavens come down. You're never alone. You're never alone. Even when the sky is falling, you're never alone. The Lord is your shield. He will protect you. When the sky is falling, run to Jesus. Be a part of the church family. Be encouraged. Tap in to the dominion of the kingdom of heaven. And here's your bonus one, number five. Run to the world because people are lost and hurting and they don't have the faith that we have and they don't have the foundation that we have and they are thinking the sky is actually falling. We are hope dealers to a lost and hurting world. I've never bought drugs from anyone, but I have to imagine it's exactly like teenage movies when I was a kid. That you go to the darkest alley of the mid-cities. And while you're in the dark alley of the mid-cities, there's some guy in a jean jacket with a clip-on earring. Because he was just an actor from L.A., but... And he gives you that nod. He's like, you need some hope? I'm a hope dealer. Come here. You're a hope dealer. Why are you holding on to all the hope? Share. What you give away is multiplied back on the inside of you. Some of you are like, I don't really have a lot of hope lately. It's because you haven't given any away. Give it away and watch it multiply back inside of you. Hop up on your feet. I don't know why YouTube shows me the things that they show me. But they think that I would like to watch very large ships battle very tall waves. And they're right. So once you watch one huge cargo ship or Navy ship battling a hurricane and going up a hundred foot wave and then crashing down, YouTube is like, just give him all the ships facing all the waves. I have to imagine the crew the captain, the first mate, and they're all the navigators. You can actually hear it in the videos. When they're, when they're climbing that wave, they actually floor those engines. And they just climb 80, 100 foot, and then they come crashing down on the backside. But here's the thing. They don't just all like fall down and bash their heads against things. When they're going up, they lean forward. When they're going back, they lean back. When they're rocking left, they lean right. They just kind of lean into it. Why? Because these are experienced men and women that have got their sea legs. It's like a prophetic picture of our church. When the storms of life come batting, battering against our ship, you don't have to freak out, just lean into it. Put a hand on the word of God, a hand on the spirit of God. Lean up against each other. Strengthen your sea legs. Why? Because there's those that are lost and hurting in the storm right here in the mid-cities and they need us to be strong and reach out and pull them to safety. Yeah. Don't go around freaking out. Go around strengthening your sea legs because your commander-in-chief has given us marching orders to not retreat but to advance. And God is a loving father, but he's also the commander-in-chief of the armies of heaven. So some people are like, well, I, if you're gonna use the, the army analogy, I feel like a soldier who's in the battlefield and I'm not hearing from HQ. Well, a good soldier will just keep executing the last communication that they got. Heal the sick, 
raise the dead, cast out devils, preach the gospel to every tribe, tongue, and nation. God has spoken. Just keep doing what he He spoke from Genesis to Revelation. People go, Pastor, I don't hear the voice of the Lord. Open your Bible. He's still speaking. He's speaking through people of the church. I got an email from a pastor friend last night, uh, a pastor network that I'm a part of. He wrote an email to encourage all the pastors and I read it and I'm like, that's amazing. And I read the verses and I read what he said and it encouraged me. It put courage in me. We need the church. We need one another. So I don't hear the voice of the Lord. Go to you group. Your you group leader is gonna speak the word of the Lord over you. It's hard to hear it when you skip you group and watch Netflix or Hulu. I know Hulu's trying to fight for a little scrap. And Amazon's over there like, don't you love me? I'll bring it all to you in an hour. First Corinthians chapter 15. Sin is the sting that results in death. Law gives its power. But thank God, because he has given us victory over sin and death through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Uncommon Church, be strong and immovable. When the sky is falling, be strong and immovable. Why? Because your sins have been forgiven. Because you're not tossed around by every wave that comes against us. We have a strong foundation. We have strong sea legs. We, we, we've defeated the battle over sin because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross. We walk in his victory. Holiness is simply walking in Christ's power over sin. It's not something you have to fight for in your own flesh. You just need to operate and walk it out in the spirit. Which is why he taught us to pray. And we'll go back to an hour ago. Our father, daddy God, who is in heaven. I need heaven here on the earth, right here, right now. Daddy, the sky seems to be falling, but I want to be strong and immovable. Jesus is that solid rock when the storms of life come. If you're here this morning or you're watching online and you're like, dude, I don't have your confidence. I don't have your courage. I don't have your blase attitude if somebody cuts your head off or puts you in jail. But I kind of want it. That comes through repenting of sin. Asking God to forgive you. And I mean really repent. Repentance is not this. My bad, God. I wonder what's for lunch. A man had to die for you. A man was beaten for you and I. Blood was shed. Please don't ever repent, like, lightly. If you've never cried in a prayer of repentance, I question if you've ever really repented. And I don't mean every single time you need to be boo-hooing, but every time we miss the mark and we act like a sinner and not a saint, the Holy Spirit will convict our hearts because he loves us and he's going to woo us back. He's going to be woo, 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 come on back. He loves us so much that he'll, he'll woo us back to a place of sonship, of daughtership. We, you didn't act like a child of God, but I... <laughs> I've paid too high a price to call you my son and my daughter. So come on back, come on back. That comes through repentance. God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I repent. I, I'm, I'm dead to that sin. So if you're here this morning, you're watching online and there's sin in your life that you're not dead to, today is your day to repent, 
to ask God to forgive you, to receive the gift of eternal life and to go from being an orphan to a child, from being a sinner to a saint. It might be the first time in your life you ever prayed this prayer. It might be the first time in a long time. Maybe you got hurt by church. Maybe you just got led astray and when you got out of school, your heart grew cold. Well, it's time to return to the Father's love because he's crazy about you. God's not mad at you. He, he's crazy about you. He's wooing you back. So come on. So I want to pray for you. I'll lead you in a prayer, but I can't pray it for you. It has to come from your heart. I would like to know who I'm praying for. I know that you're like, well, if you make everybody close their eyes, I'll raise my hand. No, Jesus was hung naked on a cross in front of all of Jerusalem. If you want to get right with God today, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand like, like a grown-up. So if you're here this morning and your heart's beating out of your chest and you're like, dude, I've got to get right with God. I've got to get this weight of sin off of my shoulders. I've got to ask God to forgive me, to wash me and cleanse me so that I can put that strong foundation under my feet. If that's you this morning, either for the first time or the first time in a long time, even if you're watching at home by yourself, would you shoot your hand up real high and just say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day. I've got to get right with God. Today's my day. I've got to get this weight of sin off of my shoulders. I see your hands. Anybody else? Shoot your hand up real high. I see your hands. Anybody else? Good. I see your hands. Anybody else? Good. 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 Praise God. Yeah. Yay, God. Yay, God. All right, people at home. I saw three people shoot a hand up and say, today's my day. I've got to get right with God today. What about you? I know you're just right there by yourself watching YouTube, but right between you and God, just shoot your hand up and say, God, I need to get right with you today. I want to repent. Lord, wash me and cleanse me. If you believe it in your heart at home and here in the room, if you believe it in your heart, in fact, we can all pray it together. Say this, dear Jesus, I repent. I surrender. Forgive me. Wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I receive the gift of eternal life, of adoption, of freedom, of holiness. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, for making me holy, for being my strong foundation, for putting courage in me, for strengthening my sea legs so that I can help others. Jesus, I love you. I fix my eyes on you, not on the storm. You are my savior and the lover of my soul. I will run to you no matter what happens. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen for the three people. Amen for you at home. Golly, I'm so proud of you. All right, a couple things are gonna happen all at once. I'd like our prayer team to come down to the front. And if you're here in the room this morning and there's sickness in your body, pain in your body, a situation going on at work or relationships or finances or health or whatever, we wanna pray for you and believe God. We wanna believe for, for Daddy God, for heaven would come down 
For those of you that are here this morning that got right with the Lord, this Jesus wall over here, every single one of those light bulbs is somebody that got right with Jesus. They repented of sin, either for the first time or the first time in a long time. And we want you to put your name on the Jesus wall so we can pray for you. If you're watching at home alone, man, I want you to text, pull out your phone right now. Text the name Jesus to 817-405-2244. It gives you an auto response form. Please fill that form out. Click submit. It goes right to our pastor's email because we want to encourage you. We want to help you walk in your, your faith. Whether it's the first time or the first time in a long time, we want to screw in a light bulb for you on the Jesus wall. Man, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Yay, God. Yay, God. Yay, God. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.